0: Jamie wasn't happy to be placed under such scrutiny. Opal didn't appear surprised that he was a victim of an unwilling brain transfer, and listened closely as he described Laurel and Burke's questioning during his confinement. Do they have access to all your accounts? Opal asked after a moment. They don't have information about one of my Swiss accounts, Jamie said, letting his shoulders droop while attempting to hide his shame. Good. Opal said, I'd hate for you to be penniless while we have everything else that belongs to you tied up. She smiled at him then. Don't worry, I've met your brother, she said, and reached out to pat his shoulder. You can probably figure out how and why. You worked with him, didn't you? Jamie's eyes lit up. Yes, we didn't always agree, but he did a creditable job when he held the director's position. Thank goodness. Jamie released a sigh. I thought I would have to jump through hoops just to prove who I really am. I'll see to it that you have a new identity, Opal said, one you can live with while we're tracking down your wife and her lover. I have a feeling they're in deep with a crowd of undesirables, and we want all of them arrested and brought to justice. Thank you. That means a lot, Jamie said. At least I'm alive. If Cory and Lexi hadn't found me, I would have starved to death in that closet. You're not going to starve if we have anything to say about it, I declared, setting an entire flatbread pizza in front of him before cutting up three more for the others. I can make more if this isn't enough, but I'll have to go to the store first. Do you have a name you'd like to use? Opal asked Jamie, whose mouth was full of pizza. He shrugged an answer. I say keep the first name and change the last name, Corey suggested. That way we won't be confused when somebody yells at him. Why would they yell at him? I frowned at Corey. Not like that. Like if he's across the room or something. Corey wrinkled his nose at me. At least he felt like teasing. Food? Farron wandered into the kitchen, yawning. Flatbread pizza, I said, setting out a plate for her. Where's Tibby? He's on his way, Farron said, pulling a piece of pizza off the pan and setting it on her plate. He has a fight scheduled in two weeks in Vegas, so he went to the gym. Are you kidding? I gaped at Farron. He almost gets killed and he's worried about a fight in Vegas? Who? Who? Jamie Rome perked up. His fighting name is Snark Demonio. Farron sounded proud. I have a bet on him, Jamie grinned. He's coming here? She said that, I pointed out. I'd love to meet him, Jamie said. Watson's asleep, I told Farron. His sister brought him in. He's pretty banged up. He's alive? Farron's eyes grew round and she stopped eating for a moment. Yeah, I really need to go to the store. They'll be hungry, too, I said. I'll have somebody pick up what you need. Opal lifted her cell phone off the island. The director of the Joint NSA Homeland Security Department was going to help run my errands? I stared at her for seconds in shock. You make good pizza. She grinned at me. I couldn't help but grin back. Kordovic. Opal explained why she'd come after conveying Lexi's grocery list to a nameless agent on the other end of a cell phone conversation. I want to hire both of you, she said. I wasn't surprised by the request, but Lexi was. If I were honest, I wasn't sure I wanted Lexi involved in this any further than she was already, but I realized soon enough that it was my Thifalathi expressing the desire to keep her safe. That's why I chose to ignore it. Lexi had saved all of us two nights earlier, and Opal understood that as well as anyone. We have no idea what or who was firing at us the other night, Opal explained, her dark eyes unblinking and sincere. We really need to investigate this, as you can imagine. We can use your unique talents, I believe, if we expect to have any success at it, Besides, we pay well, and I hear you're out of a job at the moment.